The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray in his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash Pro Football Focus NFL. Welcome in to the PFF NFL Podcast. Steve Pelizzolo here with Sam Monson. Hello to our friends on YouTube as well. We're getting some great YouTube views on this thing, Sam. Yeah. People like it. Well, yeah. people. Some people dial up the podcast on their TVs. Some people. That's great. They get to see your beautiful shirt. Uh, some people, or a lot of people, are also listening to it. We're doing, doing well here. Podcast it's been going well. Thank one, you. YouTube. Yeah, the podcast's going well. Special thanks to all of our listeners, especially those that have been around forever, and special welcome to the new listeners. We've had um, we've had good growth, so we're happy that people are enjoying the podcast. Again, we're going to be doing two per week, a little review, and now it's week two preview time, Sam. Um, we're not going to get into the Thursday night game. That no, well, we're going to the Thursday night game this exactly. week. Hometown Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to be in the press box, Steve. We are. We're going to walk over there. Maybe uh, bird? We're walking over there? Are we not? This wasn't conveyed to me. We can bird over there. Birding would be a good idea. We'll figure it out. We haven't figured out how we're getting there, but we're going to go to the game in the press box. How many places are birds? How many cities are bird in now? Birds? I don't know. People are birding all over Cincy now, though. Yeah. It's a big thing. But, like, if we're talking like that, do people know what the hell we're talking about? Like, is Oh, explain what the bird is. The birds are electric scooters. They're... How would you describe like communal? You, you, they're on an app, right? They're all over the place. They're you just everywhere like scan in the city. It, it unlocks and you go. You roll up to a dormant-looking bird. You scan the app thing. You jump on it and you, you electric scoot around the city. And it costs you know very reasonable amount of money, Steve. Like a cost me like a buck to get to the sandwich place and back. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Um, so let's get into the games, huh? Uh huh. Everybody's let's do ready it. for the games. So Thursday night football has happened. It was a great game. We're glad you guys enjoyed it. Let's get into the Sunday slate. Starting with the Cleveland Browns at the New Orleans Saints. We're going to try a little something different, Sam, because we both get a little long-winded. So we're going to keep it concise and to the point. So you get a matchup or something to watch. I get a matchup or something to watch. And let's roll through it. So what are you looking for here in the Browns-Saints matchup? Yeah, we don't have time to ramble today because we have to actually get to the game. So Miles Garrett versus Teron Armstead. That left tackle defensive end watch, I think, is going to be the uh, fantastic thing. One of the matchups 
of the week. Armstead allowed just two total pressures and almost 50 pass-blocking snaps last week in Week 1 against the Bucks. Garrett had his two sacks, was a real force against the Steelers. That has got to be one of those uh, irresistible force and immovable object deals. I love the NFL for matchups like that. Can't wait to see that one. I'm going to be looking on the other side, or the same side, with the Browns' pass coverage against the Saints' pass offense because obviously Drew Brees, not only in the dome but just in general, tearing things up. He's the most accurate quarterback in the NFL last year per our numbers, uh, second to highest grade in week one. I think he would have been more of a story if Brian Fitzpatrick wasn't so incredible and actually outdueled him. And then the Browns, even though they had four interceptions against Big Ben, still only number 24 in our coverage grades last week. So they could still get lit up just a little bit by Drew Brees. And then, of course, Denzel Ward, the rookie, he had two picks. Let's see how he does. Let's see if the Browns can at least slow down Michael Thomas. As far as the picks go, I believe we all have New Orleans over here at PFF. And if you guys have been paying attention to the forecast guys and what they're doing at Sports Illustrated on the YouTube channel and on the podcast, I think they're very high on the Saints in this one. Yeah, the important thing, though, is don't even think about paying attention to our picks. Go to PFF Greenline, where the actual data is giving you picks. Yeah. Don't make money off our picks, because we will probably lose you money. Yeah. Make money off Greenline. The data will tell the story. Greenline has strong opinions on that game, so go check that out. Part of your PFF Elite Package. Next game, Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Bucks. We already talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick and his ridiculous game, but what are you looking for in this Eagles-Bucks matchup? Every single time the Eagles play, my answer will be their defensive front going up against whatever offensive line they're running up against. This might get old. The Atlanta Falcons offensive line, they legitimately have a top-five O-line, and they were torn to ribbons by Fletcher Cox and this Eagles defensive front. The Bucks do not have a top-five offensive line. Therefore, the chaos that the Eagles can wreak upon Tampa Bay should be even greater. That's what I'm looking for. The Eagles' uh, defensive front had 27 total pressures in Week 1. Tampa Bay's offensive line is not that good. Can it withstand it? That's something good to watch. And then, um, of course, so you've been looking at the pass rushes. I'm going to go in the secondary again because I was very impressed with the Eagles' coverage because Ronald Darby had a fantastic game, and I just think they have the ability to match up with anybody and you've got this explosive Bucks offense. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick played great, but you got Mike Evans, you have Deshaun Jackson. So that whole side of the ball is extremely interesting. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick, should I save the stat for the end? Yeah. Okay, let's let's save it for the end. But Ryan Fitzpatrick was the highest graded quarterback in the NFL this past week. Mm-hmm. The last time he had a 90 plus grade there's your professional tease. Well, I'll let you know later in the show because we have a whole segment on the Dalton coaster coming up later. So Fitzpatrick will be a part of that. But yeah, Philly's coverage unit, excellent last week. Pair that with the defensive line. That's why they were Super Bowl champs. Uh, do we all have Philly in yep, this one? Yeah, we do. All right, next game, Indianapolis Colts at the Washington Redskins. What are we looking for, Sam? I'm looking for, does Alex Smith open up, get a bit more aggressive against a poorer secondary than he faced a week ago? You know, this Alex Smith in week one had one shot deep down the field, one deep attempt, and it was negated by a penalty. Um, Outside of that, he didn't attempt to pass further than 12 yards downfield. 12 yards. Wow. That's absurd. Um, We all know Alex Smith is this pathologically conservative quarterback in his historical career. But will he open it up a bit more going up against a worse secondary like the Colts? The team that gives him a bit more room, I want to see him push it down the field because at some point he's going to need to do that. I like it. And I'm going to be looking at the Redskins pass rush, some, you know, something that we have 
discussed quite a bit on this show. We did a little segment for it on YouTube as part of the PFF NFL show, which, by the way, we've gotten some great feedback on that. The PFF NFL show weekly on YouTube. Be sure to check that out. Our highest production value. The Skins can get after the quarterback now. John, Jonathan Allen, Matt Ioannidis, they have horses. But Indy, I don't think the offensive line's necessarily improved, but they've got a quicker passing game. Andrew Luck had the lowest average depth of target uh, that he's, I think I've, that he's had in a long time. Second lowest to Alex Smith, 5.3 per attempt, and only pressured on 17 out of 56 dropbacks last, year, last week. So I want to see how the Colts offensive line holds up against the Skins pass rush. Yep, I like it. And where are we all going with this? Everyone another, Washington. Another consensus Washington pick. That could be tough for the Colts if they end up going 0-2. Over to the Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets. The Jets, one of the biggest stories in Week 1. A dominant Monday night football performance. Can they keep it up against the Dolphins? Yeah, this isn't the most inspiring game of the weekend, but Sam Darnold starting a quarterback is going to be interesting. You say right? that about every Dolphins game, I think. I'm noticing that, right? Um Darnold, I thought, played pretty well. He yeah. obviously opened the the game with the worst thing you could possibly do. It was um, not good. The play call, I don't think, was great either, like teeing him up to basically take a shot at that. Did it you was, hear Zach's explanation of that in the office, why that was a bad idea? Well, it was a bad idea because you're basically giving him one option and saying, you know. And he's thinking about, like, the whole week yeah. he's thinking about, like, this one play, and he feels like he has to force it. I thought that was it's great always, perspective. He's you know? always going to put it in the air, was Zach's point. Right, which is, right. You know, it's... It was a bad idea. Um, but he kind of settled down. He was pretty good for the rest of the game. I think the touchdown was, I don't want to say it was lucky, but it wasn't as good as it was Robbie Anderson making something spectacular yes. happen at the catch point. So, I, you know, I, we weren't saying Darnold was bad or anything. We are just saying he wasn't amazing. Let's not, you know, let's not go crazy over this. But let's see what he can do week two. By the way, your boy Perry Nickerson only played three snaps for the Jets. Almost had that spectacular Did have that, that interception. Was an, that should have been an interception, right? How did they not even look at that? I don't know. That was bad. But I'm, I'm going to be looking on the defensive side of the ball for the Jets because, you know, a big part of this game wasn't just Darnold. I mean, it was their defensive touchdowns and special teams touchdowns, and Darren Lee has the game of his life, the highest-graded linebacker in the NFL after week one, 94.5. That's after two years of 45.4 and 44.2. Yeah. So is the Jets' defense for real? Because there was times where they looked terrible that night. Don't forget that until Stafford started throwing them the ball. Yes. Are, is the Jets' defense for real? Is Darren Lee for real? I want to see what it looks like on that side of the ball going up against Tannehill and the Dolphins' pass offense. Tannehill had his usual up and down, some great throws, some disastrous ones. I want to see that side of the ball. Uh, what do we have for picks in this one? Did I did I take the Jets too? No, my picks are no. I took Miami. See. I'm the only one that took Miami. Wow, because I just I don't believe in I don't believe that much in the Jets just yet. Which one of these columns am I? You've you've blanked out the names with your subtle blacking out of things. No, I here. didn't. Yeah, you did. No, scroll up one. There ah, it is. There you go. Okay, there it is. you're there the you second go. one in the from the one. left. I got you. Um, I just I just <laughs> couldn't read it. Okay, so I took Miami because I'm just not believing in the Jets. Duplicating. I'm a, I'm a Sam Darnold believer. I'm not necessarily a believer in the rest of the Jets roster. Okay. Next game, another division matchup. AFC South, Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans. Marcus Mariota is going to play. Looks that way. Missed most of the game last week, and that's a big decider, in my opinion, what, you, what you're looking for well, here. Yeah, keeping Blaine Gabbert off the field is always a, a positive. Yeah, it's um, more Gabbert than Mariota. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing the debuts of the Titans' first two draft picks. Uh, Rashawn Evans, um, Harold Landry both practiced this week, at least as of today. They've both practiced, and usually today, the Thursday practice. If you've got a guy on the field on Thursday, it's a reasonably good sign that he's going to play on Sunday. So hopefully we'll get to see both those guys debut. Obviously, you know, PFF was huge on Landry as the best pass rusher in this draft class, but Rashawn Evans is a talented guy as well. Those should be fun to see. And, and they can use that injection of youth. I mean, the Titans, this is a huge game. For every, every team, you don't want to go down 0-2, blah, 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 but... Titans had higher hopes than some other teams, and this could be a disastrous start if they lose again. I'm looking at uh, Deshaun Watson, though, and how he bounces back. I thought week one, I don't want to beat a dead horse on this, but I thought week one showed the deficiencies that we had pulled out last year. He's not that, he's not, he doesn't have great accuracy. He had some drop luck last year. He had two drops in uh, 204 attempts last season. He had two drops last week on 34 attempts. And we talked about that. It's going to regress back. He's not going to be as good statistically. The ball, the interception that he threw in the end zone, that was the type of pass that turned into a touchdown last year for Watson. So I want to see him play a cleaner, efficient game in the pocket. He took a ton of sacks, not all on the offensive line. Offensive line wasn't great. Mm-hmm. So I want to see Watson's back, bounce back. 62.1 overall grade last, last week, 21st in the NFL. Okay. One of the biggest games of the entire week, Minnesota Vikings at – oh, yeah, but who are we picking for this? I'm sorry. Uh, we've both gone Houston. Everybody went Houston. Houston. Renner used the wrong abbreviation. Everybody took Houston there, so I'm exp- Ooh, that could be tough for Tennessee. Uh, Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. Sam, it's a good matchup here. What you got? I want to see Danell Hunter against good players. Um, last week hmm. we said that you know Danell Hunter might be the guy that could really tear apart this San Francisco offensive line. Kind of happened that way. Eight total pressures week one. Um, he was really good in that game. The 49ers offensive line wasn't great to begin with and then went had to go deep into the bench with injuries. So he was allowed to run right. I want to see what happens against a legitimate good offensive tackle. And the Packers have two of those. Uh, David Bakhtiari, I think, is the best pass-protecting tackle in the game. Brian Bulaga, though, in his own right, at right tackle, is a very good player as well. So let's see if Danelle Hunter is actually taking that step forward or if he just got to beat up on some bad players. Definitely something to keep an eye on. I'm going to be looking at Green Bay's rookie corners in coverage because I think we all know what's going to happen on offense with Green Bay. When Aaron Rodgers is healthy or on one leg, he can throw it around the yard. He's going to be great. They're going to be a Super Bowl contender if they continue to cover well. They're number seven in our coverage grades after one week. J.R. Alexander, 78.5. Josh Jackson, a 78.4. After one week, I want to see those guys keep it up. I mean, they got these guys to slow down teams like the Vikings who have these great receivers like Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Also Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah, and the Aaron Rodgers yeah. guy. You have, we all have to watch Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, well, now that he's you know, busted and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I want to see what he does against a pass rusher. Look, the Bears blitzed him twice in the second half. Why didn't they attack him a little bit more? Minnesota certainly will. I'm taking Green Bay. How about you? Yeah. We have a lot of Green Bays in there. Not a lot of love for Minnesota on the road. I think it's going to be a good one. Next game, another division matchup. NFC South Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. You're going to get into the injury stuff, so go right right into it. Well, this is interesting because everybody's injured. Uh, Greg Olson's down. The the Falcons lost two of their most key defenders, Keanu Neal, and now Deion Jones down as well. I want to see what that defense looks like without Deion Jones. His job... Their job becomes easier because they don't have to deal with Greg Olson, who's one of the biggest mismatch problems. But Christian McCaffrey is still there. Cam Newton is still there. You still have to deal 
with two of the toughest mismatch problems on offense into this game, and now you've got to do it again without two of the people that you would have expected to to be a part of neutralizing those two. Yeah, with McCaffrey underneath. I mean, McCaffrey and Deion Jones is like yeah, that's the fun. matchup. Yeah, right. Without Deion Jones, McCaffrey against anybody else is a problem. Yeah, and I, I'm going to take a look at Matt Ryan's bounce back. He was terrible in Week One. Let's see the arm. The arm wasn't as bad as maybe people were talking about, but there were some some ducks in there. How does he bounce back? And then is is the Panthers' defense that good or the Cowboys' pass offense that bad? Yeah. That's the big question because I don't have a ton of faith in the Panthers' secondary and think that Matt Ryan and the Falcons can light them up. You know, a week ago I would have definitely yes. been saying that, right? Before Matt Ryan looked like crap. Before Matt, yeah. So I want to see how he bounces back in this game. But That was one of Matt Ryan's worst games of his entire career. Yep. We're all taking Atlanta except for Zach taking the Carolina Panthers. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right, let's do one more game, then we'll talk about our friends at MyBookie. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills just couldn't trot Nathan Peterman back out there. The Josh Allen show starts Sunday. Yeah, um, and that's, that's the thing to watch for me. You know, Josh Allen, we said before, it was kind of right. It was correct, I think, to not throw him to the wolves, given the run of defenses they had or early to, to open the season and how bad their offensive line is. And all of that remains true, only Nathan Peterman is so bad that they just don't have a choice. I mean, you basically can't keep trotting Peterman out there. The only other option would be A.J. McCarron. Um, so they've gone with Josh Allen. They're putting him out there. He does kind of look like he's able to deal with it. Now, he's going to be the same guy we saw in college in terms of running around like a lunatic at times, not exactly playing within the structure of the offense, etc., but... When your offensive line is this bad, that might not actually be the worst thing in the world to be relying on that kind of stuff anyway. Right. And in the offensive line, yeah, they gave up. How many pressures do we have here? Many. 19 total pressures here that the Bills gave up, including a couple other, uh, you know, on the quarterbacks. How about this interesting one? Josh Allen on only 30 snaps was assigned three pressures of his own. Yeah. So he'll do that. We're seeing a lot of that around the league. Russell Wilson had a bunch. So Josh Allen, he ran into one sack, according to our numbers. So want to see how uh, he does that. But his pocket movement in the preseason was really nice. I, mean, I was impressed with a lot of the stuff that he did there. He did have one big-time throw. Uh, so, look, he gives them a better chance, I think, than Peterman at this point. And yes. somebody called me out last week in Alford saying Peterman couldn't be that bad. Yeah. And, he couldn't be as bad as he was in the five-interception game only to then be as bad as he was in the five-interception game. Okay, he was that bad. Yeah. He was that bad. So the Josh Allen show against the Chargers defense, which I know they gave up a lot last week, but they're still very, very good. Quick break to tell you guys about our friends over at MyBookie. Everybody over here at PFF has been using MyBookie. When you pair it with PFF Elite, it's great because we give you guys picks. MyBookie is where you guys go to make your bet because when you're betting, it's just as important who you're betting with as who you're betting on. And that's why I always tell people to get to my bookie. Trust me, guys, this will be your best bet this season because they've been in business for years. They've got great reviews online, and the mobile site is easy to use. I wouldn't recommend them unless I use them myself. That's where I make all my bets. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, and over-unders on fantasy points scored and the most rewarding player perks in the business. My bookie is slammed with new betters and wants to give everyone the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern, they're going to give you an additional 
dollars free play on deposits over a hundred. This is new, Sam. I had no idea they're giving this away. Just for evening deposits. So look at this. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern... I am willing to do that. ...you get an additional $25 free on deposits over 100 bucks. Hmm. Are they sure about this? I mean, hey, you know, who am I to question? All right. So you get $25 free. Do it after 7 p.m. Eastern. Deposit over 100 bucks. You get your 25 bucks. Join now in my book. You will also match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code PFF to activate it. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code PFF when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. Don't forget, if you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m., you can get an extra $25 of free play by using the promo code PFF25. Actually, PFF25 gets you the $25 extra dollars. PFF25. And there you go. You play, you win, you get paid over at MyBookie. Nice. Next game we have here, the Kansas City Chiefs at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sam, I see your notes. Mm -hmm. I see where you're going with this. Yeah. Bring it. Yeah, Antonio Brown against Kansas City's secondary or what passes for Kansas City's secondary. Marcus Peters list. What is masquerading as a secondary. Um, Like People forget because they were able to put up huge amounts of points versus the Chargers. The Chargers were then the Chargers to themselves and lost. It's like, oh, everything's okay. Dude, that secondary is still terrible. Well, like they had a whole bunch of drops. drops. Philip Rivers still passed for like 9,000 yards. Right. This, like, Antonio Brown against that secondary? <gasps> yeah. I think that's what you want to see. They've got the fourth worst coverage grade in the NFL right now. In one week, mind you, but fourth worst. You called Big 12 games for Kansas City early in the year. Yeah. So that's, that's really what it, what it like. is. So I'm looking at Mahomes. On the other side, going up against the Steelers, who are number four in coverage after one week. And I just never believe in the Steelers' defense. I just never believe in them against against good quarterbacks. It's like I was telling you before, though. They have kept Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, in fact, quiet the few times they played them. I don't know how they do it, but they do. Yeah. Uh, look, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good matchup on that side to see what it is. I mean, Mahomes was, just did some special things. He had the beautiful wheel route to the fullback. Mm-hmm. He had the no-look slant to Tyreek. I mean, he was doing Patrick Mahomes-type things. I still think there'll be some roller coaster to his game, but yeah. week one was was pretty clean. And, uh, yeah, I want to see that downfield passing attack against Pittsburgh. Um, I think we all took Pittsburgh it's other than Neil. Neil. Neil has taken the Kansas City Chiefs. We shall see. And, again, this is just straight up. We're just picking who we think is going to win. Mm-hmm. Next game, another division matchup, NFC West, Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams. Sam? I want to see how many total pressures Aaron Donald can rack up single-handedly against this offensive line. Let's set an over-under. It will be many. Let's set an over-under, and I want our listeners to to, uh, send us tweets on it. Over-under has got to be at least nine. Over-under is nine? Yes. So you've got to set it at like seven. No. Seven? Because you want want people to bet on both sides of it. Nine? Yeah. Who's going to say over nine? I would say over nine. I think he's hitting double digits. Okay. Your notes say 53. Well, yeah, I mean, might not hit that. Maybe a little bit hyperbole. Maybe in the two games when you add them up. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take a look at pass blocking for the Rams, number one in the NFL, but they did go up against the Raiders mm-hmm. in week one. Now I have to block a guy like Chandler Jones against Andrew Whitworth. I think that's a pretty nice little matchup. Can anyone from the Cardinals get pressure on the Rams? Because in that pass game, Jared Goff actually didn't play that well. He had two pretty slick drives. And a bunch of poor throws. You see those clips on Monday Night Football with Whitworth calling out 
what to expect from the pass rushes. It's like telling John yeah. Sullivan to watch out for the stunt from Bruce Irvin. Ends up running right into it. It's pretty good. Now, is that a Whitworth thing or a Raiders thing? I think is that with Whitworth just, you know, what's he, he's our age? Whitworth watches a ton of film, and yeah. he's smart. Like, I've talked, to that. I've talked to him before, and he knows what he's doing more than most guys. Fun to watch, and there's a reason why he's been able to uh, stick around this long, yeah. despite being our age. I think we all take the Rams in this one. Uh, Cardinals struggling just a little bit in week one. Uh, Detroit Lions travel to the San Francisco 49ers. Two teams trying to avoid going 0-2. What are you watching for, Sam? What the hell happened to Frank Ragnow in week one? I know. And will it happen again? Um, he was terrible. Six total pressures. Was getting abused in that game. Henry Anderson tore him a new one. Now, granted, Henry Anderson. I mean, it's Henry. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but he goes up against... DeForest Buckner. Oh, another guy we Amongst love. every other D- three-tech they've got on that team. Right. So it's not exactly like it's getting easier this week for Ragnow. So obviously we like Ragnow coming out as a center, admittedly. But he was, he was a decent guard when he had to moonlight there for Arkansas. Yep. So I want to see if, if that was an aberration or, or, you know, or be concerned. Yeah. that's uh, Look, offensive linemen, you don't want to put too much stock early in their career because they do develop better. But something to watch for. Uh, 49ers offense, I want to see Jimmy G bounce back. Our grade wasn't nearly as bad as the stats showed. Uh, we had that pick six, a little bit more on the receiver miscommunication, uh, but still some bad throws in there. Some big-time throws, some bad throws, a little bit more up and down than he had been. Uh, want to see that good, efficient Jimmy G. That touchdown uh, in that old was pretty well. sick. Yeah, that was unbelievable. That was great. I mean, look, our numbers last year, he had the highest percentage of just pure positively graded throws last year, but only a handful of big-time throws. He was just this consistent find-the-open-man type of guy. He needs to find that rhythm against Detroit, and I think he can How against that secondary. How many unanimous picks did we have this week? It's another one, San Francisco. Man. Yeah, so we all took the Niners. Bad news for the Lions, I guess. Unless uh, we wrong. Of course. AFC, we've been wrong on, uh-huh. yeah. on uh, consensus That's why you picks. go for Green Line, not us. Yes, Green Line's got much better picks. Yep. Uh, AFC West, Oakland Raiders at the Denver Broncos, Sam. Colton Miller against Denver's pass rush. Um, Colton Miller actually played okay in the first game. Um, granted, it's against the Rams, who don't have any edge rushers, so that's going to help. If you yep. don't actually have an edge rusher to block, it's going to be easier to block him. Uh, the Denver Broncos do have pass rushers, though. Many of them, in fact, and they're good. So Miller gave up two total pressures, two hurries, uh, and a penalty in week one. How many times will that be magnified, multiplied, in fact, by going up against Denver? So you get Bradley Chubb. He'll probably see a little bit of mm-hmm. maybe some Vaughn, Vaughn on that side. Maybe a little bit of flipping of Vaughn and Shaq Barrett. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough ask. Uh, I'll be watching Derek Carr's bounce back, of course, because he was a disaster in week one, one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. Um, but then digging into the PFF data, they used play action 4.8% of the time. That's not a high percentage. No. Average is like 15 16%, yeah. I believe. Lowest in the NFL is generally 11. Like Roethlisberger is usually down that 11 range. 4.8, by far the lowest in the NFL. Uh, I'll talk about it a little bit more in what grinds my gears Ooh. later. But you don't even need to use the run to set up play action. That's the Rams thing. ran play action 12 straight times, and they had open receivers every time. Just use play action. Just fake the ball into the running back, move defenders, create easier throws for Derek Carr. That's what the Raiders need to do. are not running up and biting on play action because they're scared of the running back in the backfield. Well, they're it's not sitting there they're like, scared wow. of the run. They see the run. Yeah. That tricks them into reading run. They're rushing for 5.8 per carry. I, uh, yeah, I'm going to go respond to that. Yes. That's not what's happening. Ew. Run more play action, Raiders. It will help Derek Carr. 
Uh, one of the best matchups of the week, 4 o'clock game, New England Patriots at the Jacksonville Jaguars AFC rematch, Sam. AFC championship rematch. Yeah. We're getting Ramsey versus Gronk this time, right? I don't think so. We have to. I don't think so. We have to. It worked. They moved him on to Gronk at times, and it worked. The only person that can cover Gronk is Jalen Ramsey. Don't try it with anybody else. They also played their cover three zone about 25-30% of the time last year. And I think there's this element of people in that people running that scheme, the Jags, the Falcons, the, the Seahawks. They just like to play what they play. They don't like to adjust too I much. No, but Gronk and Ramsey, come on. They still You have okay. to do it. Sorry, I don't mean to kill your dreams. Yeah, you um, do. That's what you're doing. Mentioned this a few times in various media outlets this the this week. The Texans legitimately doubled Gronk. Legitimately just took two people, two humans, and said cover Gronk. Mm-hmm. And one time Brady actually put one on him and had a big time throw and caught it, but um, because the receivers for the Patriots have some question marks. But Ramsey versus Gronk, we'll see. That's what I want to watch too, because normally the way the Patriots attack these defenses with underneath Amendola's and uh, slot receivers, they don't really have. They're not really equipped to do. They don't have an Amendola right now. Like an, this would be an Edelman twelve catch game if he was healthy. Yeah, I mean if he was not roided up. Yes, and uh, suspended. So I want to see. I do want to see how they handle Gronk in Jacksonville. Uh, we still all took anything other than Jalen Ramsey. Everyone took New England other than Nathan. I think it's going to be a very good game. Still probably comes down to the other side. How well does Blake Bortles yeah. play? All right, New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night football, Sam. I want to see Saquon Barkley in game two because game one was really the typical Saquon Barkley game. It was like his first preseason outing where he breaks off a big run and then plows into the line four times or loses yardage over the next five carries. This is the same deal. It's one 68-yard run, and after that, I think it was 38 yards on 17 carries, something like that. So the the 68-yard run was phenomenal. It was everything that Saquon Barkley can be. It was vision. It was power. It was quickness. It was it was incredible. But it's the other carries that that, that are the issue. It's can Saquon Barkley be a productive running back every single down, not just for a couple of spectacular occasions per game. And can he do it with poor blocking in front of him, which is it looks like he's going to be dealing with. Just realized how much I screwed up your schedule. I know, right? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Thanks for not calling me on it. We have no, a secret yeah. schedule that you guys don't know that I screwed up. But we have a I'll secret schedule that I spent, what, an hour, an hour and a half putting together you earlier? did. This is well done. This is management Flat type it out for you. I gave you a hard copy as well because I know you need a hard copy. You did so much right here. And I, right. And, and then I blew what it. you did is you basically just stomped all over it and kept on with trucking. Can we just squeeze the captain reading in at the end of the I game? I think we probably can, yeah. Okay. We're going to call an audible on that. Mm. What am I looking for on the Cowboys-Giants game on that side of the ball? I mean, Cowboys pass game. What are they going to do? Can they find a go-to guy? Cole Beasley caught seven for 73, five first downs. But beyond that, it's Deontay Thompson getting targets. It's Jeff Swaim, Zeke Elliott out of the backfield. Michael Gallup only had one. I mean, this is this is a huge question mark. I don't care if Zeke Elliott goes for 150 for the rest of the season. Dallas is not going anywhere unless they can pass the ball. Mm-hmm. So I'm that's it. suggest that the issue might be at quarterback, though. You did suggest that yeah. earlier in the week. Is it a Dak issue? Let's see. He struggled, by the way. His worst games of his career, Sunday night football against the NFC East, for whatever that's worth. Uh, the Monday night football game, Seattle Seahawks at the Chicago Bears, Sam. Can Trubisky improve and at least play well over a full game? Um, so there was an image going around Twitter of this wide-open Trey Burton in the end zone. Should have thrown it, man. Yeah. Why didn't – how did – how did Mitchell Trubisky conspire to turn this wide-open play into like a four-yard loss or whatever it was? 
If you actually watch the video of it, it's not really fair. Did you see image. Matt Nagy? Quote on yeah, it? Yeah, I saw he, him. He basically said, yeah, he, were, he was reading through his progression to the right. He wasn't looking there. When he came to it, it wasn't really open. He shouldn't have been there. true. Right, he shouldn't have been on it. Yeah. And so, honestly, it happens to every quarterback in every game. Yeah, but the point is is that it's not a really fair reflection of what the hell was happening on the play. True. Which is he was reading off to the right-hand side. He did come back and see that and decide, no, you know what, that isn't actually open. I can't fit that ball in there. There was, I think Josh Jackson was lurking just to the right of a defender looking yep. at the quarterback. It would have, and this is all, like, there's motion here. Everyone's moving at speed. It's not like everyone's standing around just waiting for it. That would have been a really tight window to fit the ball into. And he took a look at it and went, no, I'm not going to put it there. I'm going to take the dump off option instead. But Trubisky didn't have the best game in the world laid on. He struggled against pressure, struggled against the blitz. These are the things that he needs to be better at if he's going to be a starting quarterback within this offense that we do expect to make his life easier. You know, RPOs, all this kind of stuff. He just needs to be better. So can he do it against the Seahawks? I think you just gave me what I need for oh, yeah? what grinds my gears. Perfect. Thanks for, thanks for bringing that up. No problem. So I'll be watching Jermaine Effetti trying to block Khalil Mack, oh, won't God. you? I mean, yeah. Khalil Mack had six pressures last week. Effetti only gave up two. Good for him. Um, still ended up a 52.1 overall grade because he was a 47.2 as a run blocker. So not just in pass protection, but in the run game, Khalil Mack, the best run defender and one of the best pass rushers, mostly up against Afedi. So we only gave up two last week. How many times do you think that will be magnified this week? Four? Yeah. I mean, oh, times. Yeah. Four times give two, up. eight total pressures. Mack should get six to eight against him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Seattle's offensive line generally lends itself to career high type of games yeah and mac needs these he doesn't have the two denver games well, that's true yeah he this needs year to maximize to seattle on he's got them on the schedule so take advantage of seattle while you have them i'm oh, sorry we never we never explained our picks for the giants dallas game you want to uh, go back you took dallas I took and i took dallas. dallas yeah we both took dallas so we have them bouncing back and then in this one i have seattle and you have chicago mm-hmm. um i think that bears team is good it's going to come down to the quarterback and more to the point i don't think that seattle team is good do you think when the NFL put the schedule together, they knew that on Sunday night in NFL and Monday night football, their four primetime NFC teams would all be 0-1? No. How about that? I don't think they knew that. They didn't know that. Yeah. All right. We've got a few segments for you, starting with the captain reading. The captain reading. Sam reads Captain Andrew Luck. Cue the music, Captain Andrew Luck. Dearest mother, I have received your special care package on this, my 29th natal day. The sweetened gopher knees were a particular treat. The squirrel fur socks fit perfect. I shall enjoy every moment of this day, for our march to Washington continues tomorrow. Andrew. He's ready. He's ready. Ready for week two, marching on to Washington after his birthday. It's just such a good attitude, too. Right. Like, I loved his attitude after the Bengals. I mean, he's just he's ready this week. This is a campaign for Andrew. He's not in it for the short term. Yeah. He's in it for the long haul. I just, I just love his attitude. Uh, so that's uh, the captain's reading for the week. We've got a couple other new segments, Sam. You just you just whip these up. I like them. The Dalton Coaster of the Week. So Can this you explain is, this for well, me? Well, this is a nod back to our, uh, our old, old school fans, right? Andy Dalton was a weird quarterback, still is actually, who can veer wildly from week to week. Um, and though his career or his seasons almost always ended up almost bang average in PFF system, it tended to be via a roller coaster of up and down play. Never would he go more than two good games or two bad games in a row before veering back in the other direction. So one, at one time in our old PFF plus minus system where zero is an average line. Not allowed to do this. 
zero was an average line, and there was the, the, the plus or minus grades would go up and down in a bar chart either side of that. When you were able to plot his weekly grade together, it literally looked like a roller coaster ride for Andy Dalton. So we created this image, the Dalton coaster. Andy Dalton in a little roller coaster thing, throwing the ball on his roller coaster ride of a season. So the Dalton coaster is essentially which player who was either very good or very bad in the previous week is going to veer back in the other direction and completely reverse track. All right, so the Dalton coaster of the week. Who you got, Sam? I got Darren Lee. Darren Lee was the best-graded linebacker in football last week. There is no earthly way that repeats itself. The guy's had like three good career grades in, in his lifetime at PFF. Almost all of his games are bad. So I'm going to say this swings back dramatically. The pendulum flips, swings, and heads back in the other direction. Natural regression expected for Darren Lee. Yeah. I am also going to tear someone down. We could have built someone up, could someone have. who had yeah. a bad game. Seems I'm going to tear someone though. down. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm going to tear down Fitz. My old, my old colleague, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Why would you do that? We were on the Super Bowl preview show back in 2016. Uh, so Fitz, I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, the last time he had a grade over 90 was early 2016. Fantastic game. Thursday Night Football tore apart the Buffalo Bills. It was a 92.2 grade. Mm-hmm. The following week... He posted a 24.3. Can I use plus minus again, too? Since you started it once, you can't do it twice. Uh, Two times. But the power of plus minus in this is just so strong. It was a minus 13.7. Oh, God. A 24.3 grade in the next week. So when Fitz is that high. Worse than Peterman? Oh, yeah. yeah. Peterman's. I don't think his was 24. It was 20 something. It was in the 27 or something. Yeah. So Fitz is. Next week was really bad. So I'm expecting a bit of a drop-off, especially against the Eagles. Yes, there's you. Know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I'm expecting uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He'll be my Dalton Coaster of the Week. And then we'll just do some, you know, some matchup type stuff. We have our mm-hmm. biggest mismatch of the week, Sam. Yeah, I already touched on this one. It's Aaron Donald against that Arizona offensive line. That Arizona offensive line, I think, is a reasonable run-blocking unit. It is not a good pass-blocking unit. And Aaron Donald is a pass-rushing phenomenon. He is the best pass rusher in the NFL at any position. He is too quick, too fast, too good with his hands. The, I mean, Mike, you patty trying to block him? Like lumbering out of his stance and just trying to get in his way while Donald like acts like one of those ninjas, you know, where it's just like instant movements. Like the whole thing must be like the Matrix for, for Mike Patty. He's operating in slow motion and everybody around him is just like glitching in and out. Like, Donald's glitched past him before he even knows what's happening for a sack. Donald does look like a Madden glitch quite a bit. By the way, Donald way past last year's pace for pressures. Well, He's got yeah. five after week one. Well, he didn't play in week one. Last That's what week, I'm so saying. That would help, yeah. He didn't even get warmed up. So that makes a lot of sense. I'm going to go with the Chargers coverage against oh. the Bills pass game. Well, that was uh, Peterman pass game, sure, but Josh Allen could do some crazy things. Well, I mean, look, I'm, I'm still... I mean, they may not be crazy good, but they'll be, you know... I'm still taking a little bit of our preseason analysis in here. I think the Chargers could be fantastic in the back seven. Not having Joey Bosa up front hurts, uh-huh. but Chargers coverage against the Bills pass game. Allen will make it better, but I still think he's going to have a tough time of it Okay, against the Chargers. Can, right. we, can we go to the other matchup one? No. I you want to go in order here? Look, if you can stick to the thing that I created. I separated them deliberately so that it was, there was a more natural flow to this. Whatever you want to do. So now it's time... For what grinds your gears. Yes. So what grinds Sam's gears this week? Again, another throwback segment. The people wanted it back. It's back. All right. So this sack rule stuff, right? It's getting ridiculous. The idea. Which part of the rule? All of it. 
the idea that you basically can't touch the quarterback anymore. If you cannot, like, slowly lower him to the ground, gently, ideally with a wrap, you know, like a little hug, just lower him down to the ground, softly place him on a pillow, and then walk away. If you can't do that, you can't touch him. After running as fast as you can. For two seconds, before he gets the ball out of his hands. If you can't do that, you can't touch the guy. You can't go low, even if you're blocked into him, even if you're falling. Can't take him down. That's the, the Tom Brady rule. Tom Brady hurt his knee, so now nobody can touch the quarterbacks below their legs. What if? Aaron Rodgers hurt his collarbone, so now nobody can fall on the quarterback. Look, losing a great quarterback for the season because of an injury sucks, right? Nobody wants to see Tom Brady gone for the season. Nobody wants to see Aaron Rodgers gone for the season. You can't legislate hitting the quarterback out of the game. It's just part of the deal. You just have to accept the risk that that is going to happen sometimes and live with it. You can't say every time a quarterback gets hit and it hurts him, we have to eliminate that hit from the game. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. And we're seeing plays that happen that are getting flagged for playing football. It's grinding my gears, Steve. It sounds like it. What if guys threw flying clotheslines? I'd be all for it, right? I used to think of, if you watch games from like the 90s, you see these hits delivered on quarterbacks. It was basically accepted if you got close enough to be able to deliver the hit at a point where it wasn't like, it's always been a penalty, essentially, to get to, to hit the quarterback late, right? If it's so late, it's a penalty, fair enough. But if you beat your guy enough that you were close enough to hit the quarterback as he was getting rid of the ball or just after he got rid of the ball, it was almost like I've earned this. I get to tee off on the quarterback now. Like, I've done well enough in my pass rush that I get to drive this guy into the dirt. And he'll feel that later on. He'll be, he'll be a little more reluctant to deliver the pass to his receivers now. Lamenting the good old days, are you saying? Yes, I am. I want a flying clothesline to the chest. That's got to be fair, right? I am all for it. That might be the thing to do instead of jumping on him. All right, I'm gonna, what grinds my gears is what you brought up earlier <laughs> about still shot analysis, Sam. Yeah. Taking a still shot. It's almost always wrong. And doing football analysis off it. Now, I've done still shots where like the offensive line collapses or whatever, but I'm very sure that the pre like the context what happened before yeah. makes sense before I pull out a still shot. Yes. Right? Like that so the Trent Richardson one a couple years ago, for those that don't know, was look at this huge hole that Trent Richardson missed. Happens all the time with running backs. Well and when you run power, I mean if we had the chalkboard over here we could explain. When you run power, you're so I'm running to the right. Uh-huh. The offensive line is purposely pushing everyone to the left. But then there's a puller. Right? So everybody looks like, so it always looks like there's a hole where the puller was. But also, when you're pushing everybody to the left, that means automatically there is a guy to the left of every one of your blockers. Correct. So if you bail to the left of somebody, you're automatically running into somebody. So, so even if it looks like there's a hole, you're running into the leverage of a defender. It's not actually there. So picture this. You're pushing the defensive line to the left, and then the linebackers have to flow to the right. Offense is right, right? Because they have to get over the top of this. So it always looks like there's a massive hole where the puller was. Mm -hmm. But power is never designed to cut back because you're pushing the defensive line into that hole. Every now and again, you get an over-pursuing linebacker. You get some bad nose tackle play. You can cut back on it. Great. But the Trent Richardson play was like, this guy's an idiot. He's got terrible vision. Here's the play to show it. Now he did. Now he did. But that's not the way to prove it. Exactly. So this Mitch Trubisky still shot thing, you already covered it. I don't want to cover it again. Um, Stop with the still shot analysis. The guy was not as wide open as this still shot shows. Almost every one of those shots where it looks absurd, it's absurd. Because as much as everyone thinks players are bad at the NFL level, bad players, like nobody is that bad where they're just like, oh look at this giant chasm, I'm not going to run it. Right, People I didn't think of that. People don't do that if they don't like if they don't run into that, it's for a reason. Like the, the first thing you should be doing when you see a picture like that is, 
what was what is the reason that explains what looks like a ridiculous picture? Right. Because it's almost inconceivable that a player playing in the NFL would make such an inconceivable decision. The funny part about the Richardson thing, running backs actually do that. It's called a bad cut. They cut back yeah. into that what looks like a hole. And what usually happens is the nose tackle peels off and tackles them for no gain. Yes. And we see this in the NFL over and over and over again, actually. So um, still shot analysis. Grinds my gears. Nice. I like it. We got one last segment, and then we're going to wrap it up. The marquee matchup of the week. This is another throwback. This is an homage to our uh, director of analysis, Ben Stockwell, who used to spend the better part of a week writing this opus uh, called Marquee Matchups that <laughs> about seven people used to read on the site. We have way more people. That it's at like least only, 14 people would like read it now. the only piece of writing that Ben has ever enjoyed in his life. He used to pour his heart and soul into it, and it was like the worst performing thing we've ever put up <laughs> miserably. Um, so we've added to the podcast so, yeah, because so, everybody wants to hear exactly. it. Exactly. So we're going to put it in the podcast as a, a tip of the hat to old Ben. Love you, Ben. Uh, my marquee matchup is Geno Atkins versus Marshall Yanda. Good one. Which obviously is one that happens a while. Now, I was going to give you numbers earlier, and I decided not to because that would spoil the surprise. Yeah, you almost the told me. In the, I did. In the I almost told you. So, uh, week one, Geno had a sack. He had two hits. Impressive, right? Geno Atkins' career grade for pass rushing is 92.5 overall, right? Really good mark. Anything over 90 is our blue chip elite status. That's high-end stuff. That's not quite Aaron Donald, but it's getting there. What would you suggest his pass rushing grade against Marshall Yanda is? You have this straight up? Yeah. When Yanda's on the field versus... You have it completely straight up? Mm-hmm. Head-to-head matchup? Mm-hmm. PFF ultimate? Mm-hmm. Okay. 92.5 becomes... I'm going to say 58. No! 76.5. Oh, so it's still really good. I yeah. mean, it's still good. I mean, it's good, but it takes like a 15-point drop. <laughs> I went to extreme. Uh, 43 total pressures and a win percentage of 12.4% against Yanda versus 14.2% when he's not going against Yanda. Damn, well, that's fantastic. Right? Good job, Ultimate. Yeah. Kudos to so Rick Drummond for so building really Ultimate good, and allowing us to do that. It's a really good matchup that so far you would say... Yanda's winning, right? He's at least slowing Gino down significantly. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Good number, Sam. Thank you. Uh, my marquee matchup is more Brady in the pass offense versus Jaguars in the pass defense. I know we already talked about it before, but uh, you know the Patriots don't have great receivers. Ramsey and Boyer on the outside should be able to lock down Hogan and Dorsett if they just play their normal coverage. And then how do the Patriots creatively get it to Gronk? How do the Jaguars creatively you know, keep the ball out of Gronk's hands? Ramsey! And- I want, does Jalen Ramsey match up with Gronk? And can Brady keep the same patience that he's had when he's beaten the Seahawks in the past and the Jags? The patience that it takes to beat that scheme is just, you know, throw underneath, throw underneath, throw underneath. And when they play zone, when they do play zone, you have a few seam routes here and there. You can sneak a seam route, and that's what Brady, he had four big-time throws last week. They were all seam routes. Mm-hmm. He has to hit those. So this is great. It's tighter windows for Brady to throw into. Jacksonville has to slow down Gronk and slow down the best quarterback in the league. So... I think it's the marquee matchup of the week. Yeah, I like it. So that's it, man. We're quick and efficient. We're done. I think, with this new style. I don't know if we're actually quicker, but we're, we're done. Pretty, that's right about 45 minutes there or so. There you go. Well, See? We well done. the schedule. Kudos to Sam. He built the schedule. Let us know what you guys think. We're trying to add a little bit of value to each game every single week. And, of let course, if know. you guys want... Yeah, let us know. If you guys want even more value, it's all about PFF Elite. You get Premium Stats 2.0 and, of course, Green Line all rolled into one package, Sam. Get your picks and get your grades that date back to 2006 in the NFL. 
Everybody enjoy this weekend of NFL action, and we'll be back Monday with our Week 2 Recap. quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did go check out kyler murray and his nfl debut that's my favorite thing about nfl game pass you can go back and watch at any time and if you haven't watched a condensed game yet you have to try it out it's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire nfl game in the fraction of the time it normally takes it's how i'm able to follow all the mvp candidates all the breakout stars and of course your waiver wire pickups all season long to see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash Pro Football Focus NFL.